Welcome to Coaching the Coach. I'm your host, Pete Townley, for the Upstate Performance Project. Hello, all. Hope things are going well for you. Today, we are doing part three, part three of our series, uh, the final part of um, things you can do to set yourself apart in the personal training space. Today, we're gonna talk about what not to do. So there's a few things, there's a lot of things to not do, but there's three main things that I, that I wanna talk about of what not to do when you're trying to establish yourself as a personal trainer, um, whether that be online or in a gym, and trying to be you know, unique and get, get clients, right? So there's some things you should and shouldn't do. Um, the last two episodes we've talked about, I kind of gave a backstory of you need to set yourself apart. Research what is needed in your area. Or if you have a passion for something, see if, if you know uh, people in your area are already doing it or how you can make that passion something that sets you apart. So like I gave the example of Chelsea and I you know, doing more sport performance. Um, taking athletes and getting them better for their sport or training individuals as if they were collegiate athletes. You know, obviously taking ability and medical conditions uh, into consideration, but the, mo- the methodology of, you know, as if we were training someone in the collegiate ranks, that's how we like to do it it's because we get good results and it's fun for us. Now, I also talked yesterday of you know just some things you can do in your gym to draw attention to yourself. Basic stuff, stuff we talked about before, but I kind of wanted to interject it there to uh, reiterate. I mean, sometimes we put out information, it's good to just rehash some of the things that we've talked about uh, to emphasize the importance of uh, some of those things. And just to, as a reminder, hey, don't forget to do these things. Now today, uh, again, we've talked some of these about some of these things before, um, but I've done separate posts on them, like more of a reaction or almost rant style before, and I, it's not normal. It's not normally my style. I don't. I don't want to come on here and rant. I'm not here to pick people apart. I'm not here to try to take away someone else's hustle. However, I'm just trying to be real here when we're talking about personal training and and really about the validity not just the validity but well I guess that's probably the best word but when you are setting yourself up to be a personal trainer and you're trying to generate clients you're trying to get clients in there's a lot of ways you can go about it some of which we've already talked about and I think those are the ways that are going to show you off you know show what you can do now, the one thing that that can cause or does, um, try, man, I'm having trouble thinking of the words today. The one thing that that approach will do um, or won't do is, is go super fast. It's a little slower, and I understand that. Um, so sometimes there's like, I just need to get leads in. I just need to get people in here. And... Uh, I, I would say one thing I forgot to mention yesterday is using lead generation sites like Thumbtack. Um, there's a couple others out there. 
name escapes me off the top of my head. And we've used them before, and, and I have nothing against those. They do work. Uh, you're bidding on people. You just have to kind of put that into your marketing budget because it does cost per bid. Um, and that's, that's really the downside is you may not land that client. Uh, so it's all about your ability to set up a good profile um, and what what lends or what tends to happen on those sites are people trainers that is over inflate what they're able to do they'll say whatever they need to say to get that client so as long as you're honest um, you should be okay but you might lose some gigs to people who are just promising the moon and the stars and are willing to do it for much less money um, and that's really the the ultimate thing so you have to kind of pay some money to get those leads um, but again at least with a service like that you get to put out you you get to advertise yourself um, and the more um, uh, testimonials or referrals that you get uh, you know th that helps to build up your network on those sites and then you can you know build a, a decent uh, business off of that so I am no by no means uh, knocking those kind of referral sites that is my suggestion of what to do if you want something that happens a little faster or um, you know something you can actively be working on when you're trying to get clients as opposed to some of these funnels um, now creating your own uh, lead funnel is not a bad idea at all. It's, in fact, it's probably a very good idea. Um, we have done it um, with some of our programs. And the thought is, if done right, you can, you can get a lot of leads out of this. And it doesn't cost that much money. But there are some things out there that are solely about creating this passive income online you don't even have to do much and that that's where I feel there's a lot of shady things out there so I wanted to go over a few things to not do uh, to you know set yourself apart you know things that seem tempting at first but in the long run probably won't pay off so the first is running challenges so there's a couple different types of challenges that you see out there. One's like a six-week challenge, and it may be aimed at men, or it may be aimed at, um, you know, housewives, um, midday challenges, or something like that. There, there could be all uh, different iterations of challenges, but the, the premise is the same. A gym or a trainer will put out a challenge, a six-week challenge, to get you in the door. It's usually super cheap. There's a lot of stuff on there, um, but it's generally somewhat cookie cutter uh, you know so if you run a program like that or a challenge like that you need to make sure that your program is still you you're not running someone else's system just to get people in the door because on the backside of those challenges the thing that I have seen a million times in fact I've gotten at least four or five clients uh, in the last year as a result of this where another gym ran a challenge they actually had some results, they liked it, but as soon as the challenge was over, they were like, you know, person non grata. They were like, nope, we're only interested in our new challenge people coming in. So that thing they fell in love with, the personal attention, the, the, um, uh, 
the community, everything that they loved during that challenge went away when they became just another gym member. Um, still paying a lot of money, but not getting that top tier service anymore. They had already gone through the system, even if it worked. So they kind of felt like a, a bait and switch, like they only care about those people in the challenge. And unfortunately, that's kind of how it lands a lot of time. So if you're gonna run challenges, you need to have a system that's built in for your people that have gone through the, the, the challenge, done their six weeks or 12 weeks or whatever it is. Um, so for example, um, a, a good example, a friend of mine, um, uh, Chad and Laura, they own uh, Next Level Sports Performance back in um, Lawrence, Kansas, where I did work there for a while. They've done this a couple times where they've done like um, a body transformation challenge. Um, where they will they'll pay for pictures before and after pictures and like not just like a standing there before and after shots but like like model type pictures like on location with you know outfits and things like that um, they'll have a photographer come and do that but they take them through a 12-week transformation you know exercise nutrition everything but in that 12 weeks they are teaching them the skills to maintain this um, and one thing that that we see or that I saw firsthand is that when these people got through the challenge, then they continued on with the personal training with one of the trainers in the gym who used the same techniques in terms of programming and nutrition advice to carry them on. So they may have done this challenge, but then they were assigned a trainer afterwards if they wanted to stay on that continued that. But they were also teaching them in, in the uh, 12 week challenge the proper things to do so that they could do that themselves, right? So that's an that's an example of a challenge that worked, that wasn't sales pitchy, that wasn't like um, a gimmick just to get you in the door. It was more or less, hey, we wanna do something really fun and really cool for you, our members and our clients. Um, almost as a, a thank you or almost as an appreciation. So that's, that's the type of challenge that I think could work. So again, I'm not saying all challenges are bad. I'm saying you need to have a plan B or a uh, something to do after the challenge, post-challenge um, plan, if you want to call it that. Um, so be careful running these challenges because there's a lot of gyms out there that run these and there's a lot of programs online that will you know, hey, if you spend X amount of dollars, we'll run a challenge for you, get people in your door, and you just have to pay us $7,000 or whatever it is. So you you can run these yourself. Now, the, what, what you're really after here, um, I mean, you, you might get those challenge folks, right? Um, but you're gonna get a sales funnel, and that's what it's all about. So you set up a web page that when they click on it, it takes them to, um, a landing page on your website. Now, it's not a page that is gonna be open to the general public. You have to click a, this certain link to get there. But when they do, they have to enter in, you know, email address and, and or phone number or both or whatever. And then it takes them to a page where there's information. So, but now you have their email. So now they're on your mailing list. Now, you know, you have information that you can use to put out your newsletters or you know whatever your challenge issue your challenges to those people so it's a, it's a way of creating people coming back in and if you set up your page right in terms of the type of information you have if it's laid out well 
all of these things um, are attractive to people looking for um, training. But like I said, if you're gonna run a challenge, you gotta have something to do to take care of those people after the challenge. You can't just say, okay, well, that, thanks for doing that, great. Uh, and, and expect them to be excited about coming back in, not getting that same attention and probably paying a little bit more because the challenge was probably a really good deal. Um, there are some challenges out there, some some things out there I've seen, you know, strategies where they say, um, give, we're gonna give a, a six week program for free. And if you don't get the results, you know, you're gonna get your money back. So um, you can potentially, you know, get six weeks of training and maybe for free. But the idea is, you know, they're not, you're trying to, again, just get them in the door and, and keep them there. Those challenges or those kind of marketing deals usually, again, attract the people that aren't very invested in there. Now, if you're really good and really confident in your skills, you're gonna have your work cut out for you, but it could be a good challenge for you. And you could really turn some heads and make uh, some believers out of people who you know are looking for a quick fix. Um, so those aren't necessarily bad ideas. Um, just be, be leery of running you know quick six week fat loss challenges um, over and over again because you're not necessarily going to get uh, the long-term commitment out of those people and a lot of it is about retention right that's that's a big thing that we want we want a good you know we want to be able to close well but we also want to you know have retention and I think retention is almost as important uh, because you can build up a long-term um, uh, roster that way. So another thing that I saw recently, and this is one that has, I've been, my eye's been on for a while. There's these, these um, conferences. You'll see, you'll see trainers at these big conferences, you know, you know, a million dollars in sales or $500,000 in sales for the year. And they get these plaques, these awards, and then they put their plaques up and, and what, you know, are they really selling that much? Are, are trainers really making millions of dollars training people online? Well, if you think about what that would really entail and what that would really look like, again, you just have to play this out a little bit. So let's say uh, Chelsea and I decided to do one of these kind of systems. Again, I've said this before, they're making their money by you spending money to learn about their system. That's how those people make money, right? So they're not necessarily training that many people. They've just come up with a system. They're making their money by you buying their system. So you have to understand that first. But let's assume their system works. Uh, so some of them will say, you know, again, it's all about creating a sales funnel. It's all about creating um, a information um, pathway so people give you their emails or you know and so you can touch base with them like I was telling the other day you want to touch base multiple times with them before they you know feel comfortable spending their money with you so this is just another way another layer of doing that and again there's nothing wrong with that in itself but what a lot of these companies do and and I just saw an ad for one yesterday and it basically not basically they straight out admitted this is what they do so when they when you when you get a a lead 
like that. You get you get people in by offering this you know huge discount or, or whatever. So they they email you. Then then when you're doing your consultation, again you're selling a free program. You know we're gonna we're gonna train you for six weeks. We're you know this is all gonna be free. Blah blah blah. Um, the one thing you will need to do though is you'll need to buy these supplements to go along with it. And of course you have a supplement line or a company that you're backing. So now you're selling these, these supplements. Now, is this, are the supplements good? Do you really believe in them? Are they things you use? All of these different things. And then you're thinking, well, am I just a supplement salesman or am I you know, a personal trainer? Well, really you're making your money by selling supplements because you might get a few people to actually sign up after the free period is over and plunk down couple hundred bucks a month for personal training whether it be online or what but really you're selling them supplements up front so you've got this system that claims to be free claims to be um, you know this six week no you know guaranteed results um, and then really it's it's a way to hawk supplements and so it's a little bit shady in my opinion I'm not saying it can't work okay I'm not saying it can't work I am not disparaging that uh, in the sense that I'm not saying if you decide to do that maybe you'll make money maybe you'll make more money than me and that's okay if that's what your goal is that's not what my goal is yes I do want to make money and yes I would love to have passive income but we've got ways of doing that that we're creating organically ourselves what I'm saying is when you take when you go down that road as a personal trainer and you your success with your system is predicated on taking a certain supplement as well I think that takes away from your authenticity as a trainer now that may sound like I'm anti supplement that may seem like I'm anti um, or that that you shouldn't be promoting supplements as a trainer because supplements can work and I've taken supplements I've taken supplements recently but the point is that's not the the long term again we want to be in this for a while this is the career that we want your clients will appreciate you being open and honest and telling them when to take a supplement when not to take a supplement in fact I have a couple clients that are on two or three different supplements that I have recommended and they're seeing results um, they're seeing good results mixed with what I'm doing but they've seen increased results upon taking the supplement because it what they were doing with their nutrition wasn't working fully. In other words, they their goal was to lose a little bit of weight, a little little bit of fat, but to maintain some muscle, right? Just like everybody. And so we looked at their diet and what their diet was like and what their sleep was like and everything else in their in their realm and we realized that you know what, a protein supplement was probably a good idea. And in this case, um uh a um uh, multivitamin, multivitamin was also something that you know I felt was was good for this individual, and but that that became a consultation that we had or a conversation that we had once we were in, as opposed to, hey, right up front, take these supplements and, and then we're going to work out because what that does is that, you know, it's like wait a minute, I thought this was a free thing, but now I'm buying supplements or I thought. You know, I'm buying this training and then I've got to buy supplements on top of that. You know, so what works is the supplements that are working or the training that works or a combination of both. Okay, maybe, 
but it has to be done in a smart way. So again, all of these things I'm telling you not to do, I'm not saying they can't work, I'm saying be careful how you promote them and be careful, um, not just how you promote them, but when you use them. In other words, I, I highly discourage you from just going out and saying, um, oh, you wanna work with me? Okay, great. I'm gonna give you this free introductory program, just buy these supplements, start taking these supplements, and then we're gonna get the workout going. Because think about this, this is what I was talking about earlier. If you're online, and let's say you get two, 300 clients online, you're gonna need a team of people to help you with that because you cannot write that many programs and update them daily or weekly or however you know your system is and be individual for all of them and help them with their nutrition and help them with their motivation and all of that stuff. That's way too many clients. So generally speaking, these people who are making all this huge money do it by selling the supplements and then that the programs are generic at best. And I say that because I've seen it and I've been around and, and I'm just putting this out as a warning. I'm not, again, I never wanna knock anyone's hustle. If that's what you wanna do, if you're like, man, that'd be a sweet way to make some extra money. Okay, fine, do that. Just know that your credibility as a trainer will be in the long term probably affected by that. Because weren't you the guy that was just hawking this or doing this or doing this or, you know, and, and what happens is people lose interest or people can't do that anymore or if they if the training's hard, all they're doing is your supplements, and then you're like, well, good, I'm still making money because they're taking my supplements. Yeah, but you're not teaching them healthy habits, whether that be nutrition or exercise. You're just giving them you know, a Band-Aid cover fix. And so you have to be able to make sure that what you're doing, what you're saying, you know, lends itself to be um, reputable, repeatable, and and at the same time, individualized. That's the key. Because as I said a minute ago, all of these online systems are dealing in volume. So they may be a low cost for the participant, but they're dealing in volume. And you have to understand that if you get two, 300 people signing up, that's great, that's a lot of money, but you're gonna run into problems. I'm gonna use one quick example of this and, and tell you what happened. So there was a YouTube influencer, Brittany Dawn, and you guys may have heard of her. She put out a program and you know she sold, she had something like 500 followers, or probably 500,000 followers, and she sold a couple hundred thousand of these programs at 10 bucks a program, 20 bucks. It was it was relatively cheap. It may have been, maybe it was more like 100 bucks a program. I forget. She made hundreds of thousands of dollars off of this, right? Selling this program, it was all just a very, very basic template that she passed out to everyone. It was the exact same. It was said it was gonna be individualized, it said it was gonna be custom made for you, but ultimately it turned out just to be the same program for everybody. People created these online forums, you know, who loved her and were like, oh yeah, she's having me do this and she's having me do that. And they're like, wait a minute, she's having me do that. And I do that too. And we have different goals. We look completely different. And you know, so 
it came very apparent that it was just, you know, she was using her fame, her, you know, YouTube fame and, you know, her, she looks good, she's in good shape. She was selling that, selling that idea. And what happened was people started to revolt. They wanted their money back. And it was just, it was basically came crashing down on her. Now she can reinvent herself in other spaces, but her credibility as a trainer is, is in the crapper. And again, you have to look at the long haul. You have to look at how, what you're in this for. If you wanna you know, sell you know, supplements by packaging it with a fitness regimen that is not all that great online just to make some quick money, and then get out and go do something else, fine. Go ahead and do that. That is a-okay. I, I see nothing wrong with it, other than it's not going to build your credibility as a trainer. It's not gonna set you apart, and it may set you apart for the wrong reasons. So be careful and be leery of that. Um, I'm at over my 20 minute mark here. I'm gonna go ahead and end now, because. I could go on and on about some other things you should not do, um, but the basic bottom line is any endeavor that you might get into, whether it be some sort of sales tactic or um, system you might buy or something like that. Someone's knocking on my back door. Um, hang on one second. Maybe the dogs are playing in the back. Um, anyways, before you do any of that, what you have to do is look at that system and see what you can do to um, transition people after that. Or once you get them in, you have to have your own individualized program ready to intake these folks after the program is over, after the system has been run through, whatever it may be, because you're gonna lose them otherwise. And, you're, and the more clients you lose, especially if you're dealing in high, high, high volumes, word will get out. Oh, this is just a gimmick. It works great for a while, but then it's not really you know, something that you can do. And, and again, maybe that's how you wanna deal. You wanna deal in volume that way. And that's your choice. Just be aware of what you're getting into before you jump into any of these programs, any of these um, systems you may buy, any of these products you may sell. Again, they're all fine to do. So like I've said before, I'm not ever gonna knock anyone's hustle. I just want you to be sure before you get into it, what that may mean long-term. And if you still feel like it's something you wanna do, then do it. Have a good one.